Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie. And I'm Savannah. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Mariel from Mmm Dessert. Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more. I need to do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I send me everything. You know, baking is, it's such a craft. All of your senses are involved and it's such an expression and it's cozy and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. Hi guys, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Savannah and I'm here with my mom, Carrie, and together we own the dessert studio in Utah. Yeah. So this week in the bakery, we had quite the recovery period. (laughs) Um, The beginning of the week really was spent kind of recovering from over the weekend because with Mother's Day, we ended up with so many orders. Yeah. I think it just goes to show, though, keeping up with your goals and having consistency really does pay off because right when we started about a year and a half ago, we decided, all right, let's make holiday menus and they're going to be awesome. We'll get lots of orders for holidays and it'll be great. It'll be a good bump in our business. <laughs> and early on, there were holidays when we didn't get any orders. We got maybe one or two. It it was very depressing at times. It was. It was kind of sad, but we did keep trying to do it. And this last weekend, we ended up with a ton of orders. We had cupcake bouquets. We had regular cakes. We had pie. We had cookies. We had a waffle bar. I mean, we had a lot of stuff, a big variety and a lot of work. Yeah. I think also part of that was with the coronavirus and not having our wedding cakes going on. I think we, in our minds, we were just like, all right, we can't turn down any orders. Like this is going to help us. (laughs) But it was, it was exhausting. It was. And in the future, we probably actually do need to put a cap on the number of things we'll take. I think we maybe forgot that we're just two people. (laughs) We did forget that. And a couple of times during the weekend, we were like, um, there's just two of us and this is a lot. So, yeah, when you feel but like you're walking there. around on stumps, <laughs> you realize maybe it was a, we bit off a little too much. But it was good, though. And we had really good response to people. And we even got a new client. Yeah. Savannah, you want to share that? Yeah. So it was funny. I had a dentist appointment on Friday morning. And so... I had come in really early to the kitchen to just kind of prepare the different things for our orders that weekend. And then I had to hurry off to the dentist and I was just laying in the chair and my mouth wide open and the dentist comes in and asks what I do and I explain that I own a bakery with my mom and then he goes off and says, well, we had someone that usually made our giant cookies for my wife and mom for Mother's Day, but with the coronavirus, they're not taking orders, so I'd love to order from you guys. And so I gave him our information and all that, honestly not thinking he would call, just (laughs) because that's a lot of the times that is what happens. But he called and ordered two giant two-pound chocolate chip cookies with buttercream. (laughs) Chocolate chip with buttercream is an interesting combination, (laughs) but they looked beautiful and they tasted really good. I mean, we didn't taste their cookie, but we did have a cookie. (laughs) And um, yeah, so it was was good. And they were gigantic and he was very happy. He he looked stunned when we opened the door. (laughs) It was cute because, I mean, he's a... 
he's an older guy, pretty manly, <laughs> just <laughs> going off of what I saw. But he came in and he, I opened the box for him to see and he just put his hand over his mouth and honestly like kind of teared up and he said, this is better than I could have imagined. And so it's awesome. I was not (laughs) expecting this. (laughs) It's awesome when you do get clients like that. And and, it's so nice when you know you've made a client happy. So that's, that was pretty cool. And so, yeah, that was, that was our last weekend and we're recovering and doing a few <laughs> birthday cake orders this week, and it's just, it's been a good week. Yeah, for sure. But we are so excited for this week's interview because we are talking to Mariel from M Dessert. And if you don't know her or you don't follow her, go and do it because she is incredibly talented. She not only makes beautiful cakes, but she has honed in on the perfect macaron recipe she teaches she she definitely is a woman of many talents cookies cakes cupcakes desserts everything so so let's get her on yeah hi mariel welcome to let's talk cake how are you today i'm great how are you good really good thank you for joining us we're so excited to chat with you and and learn about your business oh thank you i'm flattered to be invited Oh, well, your your work is beautiful, and we're excited to talk to someone who is just really excelling in their craft. So we're glad that you could be here with us. So why don't you just give us a little rundown on kind of how you got into this business, kind of your little business history? Yeah, sure. So I have kind of a random background. <clears throat> My college experience, I I graduated uh, from BYU in biology, which obviously you wonder, like, where, where, why? Why does that relate? (laughs) Why did you get into cakes from this? Um, And I actually went into business after that. And just because it, it sort of worked out logistically. But once I started having kids, I wanted to do something out of the house. And you know, I tried all sorts of different artistic things that I was good at, but that didn't really pay any sort of bills, you know, it didn't make any money. And that, that's great and all for a hobby, but that's not actually good for a business. So I just kind of kept looking for things and always kept my mind open and wondered, you know, how can I fuse my scientific background with my artistic skills. And then my sister suggested um, I check out, you know, some of the cake people on the on Instagram. And I, I checked them out. And I was like, wait, I could definitely do this. <laughs> I've always loved baking. I eat everything. So <laughs> I don't do it that often. Um, because like the rest of my family, I They'll eat it, but I will eat most of it. So (laughs) I was like, this actually could be really cool if I could sell it (laughs) because then I wouldn't be eating all of it, but I'd actually be doing what I love to do without having to gain a million pounds. So (laughs) that was nice. I started making them just for friends and family for birthdays and, and it really did hit all the spots for me. Like I, you know, I, I really enjoy testing things and it's almost like running an experiment. I mean, you guys know, it's like, so it's so accurate. You have to be so accurate. And if something doesn't work out, you have to figure out what went wrong. And 
you are legitimately running experiments every day. So that was really fun because that's naturally how my brain works. And then also it's like a canvas that you get to start over every single time you do a new cake and 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 then you give it to someone and you get to see their smiles and their faces. I mean, it's unbelievably rewarding. You guys, you guys hear me on this. So absolutely. Yes. You're in the same, you're in the same business. You get it. Um, the the reward is amazing. The catharsis of actually being able to like create something is amazing. And then the process itself for me is very calming. So that was nice too, because most people are like, wait, why aren't you totally stressed out all the time? And I'm like, actually. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically where it all kind of fell into place. It, it worked really well. And the best part is my kids don't realize that I'm doing it <laughs> because I'm in my kitchen. And so I could just be doing dishes. I could just be momming <laughs> and they wouldn't know. As opposed to like sitting on a couch with a book and then it's like, mom, I need a sippy cup. So I'm in the kitchen, I'm working, whatever, and they don't really notice. Nice. So I take it from that that you have a cottage kitchen then? Yeah. Nice. Okay. So you work just based off of orders, right? Yes. I work based off of orders and I am just able to. Get, get business from word of mouth and Instagram marketing. And that's basically it. And it's actually been lovely because I am a one woman show. So I don't, and I don't have like an actual bakery location. I don't have childcare. I don't, you know, I don't have all the things that would allow me to make my business grow bigger, which I'm fine with, which then works out really nicely. Yeah. So then how many kids do you have? I have four. Four. Okay. I have a 10-year-old girl, an eight-year-old girl, a five-year-old boy, and a two-and-a-half-year-old boy. Very cool. That's awesome. Do you ever find it really difficult to do the whole mom job and then also have a cake order that you have to keep up on? How is that? How do you maintain that, and how do you manage your time? Well, like I said, it's been it's been really nice because – I don't have a crazy amount of orders. I do maybe two or three cakes a week, max. A um, couple batches of macarons, maybe a class. Like it, it's very manageable with my kids. I like to keep it right there because I don't want it growing bigger at the moment. Um, it's sustainable right now, which is nice. Perfect. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, it's grown organically and I've been able to keep it at this level where I can maintain without like becoming overwhelmed or stressed. That's great. I have to say though, that you just contradicted yourself because you said that it's a calming thing for you. And then you said you do macarons. <laughs> <laughs> macarons for I us macarons. are a I love it. <laughs> It must be the biologist in you or the scientist, because I'm telling you, macarons have whipped me. Oh, I know. And so much of it is the recipe. And I just, I have dialed this recipe down and it's so great. It's like foolproof. And I, I, I really love teaching. I teach up at Orsingigi and like being able to talk to the students about Max. It's like, I could go off for hours. It's, 
it's my favorite. Well, it sounds like we may need to come to your class. (laughs) For real. Or we could get together and like, you know, do it, do it together. There you go. Perfect. You guys know it's, it's all about the variables. It's all like what has gone wrong this time and trying to figure it out and learn everything you possibly can as to what causes what to go wrong. I must not have a very scientific mind because I've tried them so many times and have never been able to like whittle down what I'm doing wrong. So oh, yeah, so those sorry. just cause me know, stress. It's maddening. <laughs> it really can be frustrating. I do the French method. I don't do the Italian method. Um, I would love to try the Italian method. I just haven't had time. Yeah. Um, and, well, I think and it that... is kind of scary to try something it's like mm, but it, this works out so nicely for me yeah. <laughs> I don't want to mess up and why, why mess with something that's working I, right? I love what you're doing because it reminds me so much of what I did I did wedding cakes when my kids were small and I limited yeah. it to one cake a week except every once in a while I would end up doing two a week if it was someone I knew and I already had one booked but I never did more yeah. than two a week and um, most of well, the time it was one there. And it was, it was manageable for me and I was able to do it with my kids. And it was really such yeah. a blessing to have that, that ability to do that while having kids. And so I love what you're doing. I, I relate to it a lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It, I mean, wedding cakes, I could only, if I, when I do wedding cakes, I only book, I book the whole week out just for that one wedding cake because it, that they are like at least equal to like three yeah. regular cells. They're okay. they're a whole different animal, aren't they? <laughs> they really are, and I really enjoy doing them. But yeah, the they are really a different a different animal. So, yeah. how many would you say? Like, what would you say is your balance for wedding cakes and celebration cakes? Is it mostly celebration cakes for you then? Yeah, as of right now, I mean, the Utah market is pretty saturated with um, bakers and home bakers. And so, and like high-end bakers, there's like, you know, only a couple of you guys that that do them. And so, and I, since I don't do shows, I don't do um, like expos or anything like that. So I don't really get my name out in that way. So I'm really just more local celebration cakes. Right. I would obviously love to do more wedding cakes, but really it's all connected. So if I wanted to push wedding cakes, I would end up having to push my quota. You know what I mean? Right. I would have to I would have to increase however like what I do in order to reach that market. Which and maybe down the road you'll want to do that, but I think it's great that you've got something that's working so well for you right now. Yeah, exactly. It's don't mess with the cart, right? <laughs> My husband also is in California right now, and there's a possibility we might move. So I'm oh, kind wow. of playing it very chill right now, trying not to take too many orders too far out. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it looks like on your Instagram, I love your Instagram because you post tons of videos, and it's clear that like you are a teacher, and you mentioned that you do teach classes. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I, I, I just love teaching. I always have. Um, <laughs> I, it, in college, I tried to uh, do the teaching route. And then I realized I really dislike teaching um, high school students. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, mostly because they don't want to be there. But I love teaching <laughs> people who want to be there. That's really fun. Um, <laughs> so I 
started teaching just classes out of my, like Kate classes out of my house. Um, and that's really fun. But, and, and even macaron classes out of my house, but there it's so much work and I have a very small kitchen and space to, to work in. So that wasn't really working for me. And I reached, well, I reached out to Orson Gigi when they were asking what kind of classes people wanted to see last summer. And I was like, Hey, by the way, I teach Mac classes. <laughs> would you be cool with that? And they were like, yes, we've been looking for someone. So it worked out really nicely. And I teach about once a month, sometimes twice. Um, they're, they fit 14 people and they usually sell out really fast. Just That's because, awesome. Good job. Yeah, I think people really want to learn how, and then I teach the class with the disclaimer that like, you may or may not actually walk out of here being like, I'm totally going to do this it's more an appreciation of why they're so expensive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, Amen. <laughs> I'd, say half, I'd say half the people go home and actually do it. And what's great is that the class is so awesome. The recipe works so well and they come out of it and they can actually do it, which is fantastic um, and really rewarding for me. But the other half, you know, then it's more like an appreciation and they had a good time. So yeah. That's um, great. The, I would love to teach even more. And I, you know, it's like I said, the satur the market's really saturated here in Utah with so many talented people. So it is kind of hard to um, have supply, like the, the supply and demand, like there's a demand for it, but not really, I don't know, or the other way around. There's yeah and and the price point here because there are so many talented people it's it's definitely right. a tricky a tricky aspect so how have you decided how to price your things and um handle the business part of it well yeah the the cakes part i i've had to find just sort of like a sweet spot where i know people are okay paying it but that also pays me um I'm trying to, with wedding cakes, I've been trying to up my price and, you know, go, going per slice um, as opposed to like, you know, base numbers. But um, yeah, it's, it is hard in Utah with how cheap everything is. Yeah. Um, I would love to be able to charge more, um, but it's just not really plausible here, which is, you know, unless you have a very, very reputable name. And especially if you're in the wedding industry, obviously wedding industry, you have the ability to charge a lot more. Um, but I'm like I said, I'm okay with where I'm at. And with teaching, it's been nice because Orson Gigi just, you know, they're, they just charge for their classes and then I just get paid to teach. So yeah, it's sort of all separate and it works out really nice. So I want to touch a little more on something you just said. You said Utah is cheap. <laughs> and we were we were chatting with someone the other day who's in San Francisco. And, I mean, pricing from California to Utah is very different. We all know that. And yeah. so I just want your take on someone who is an industry professional in Utah. Why is Utah so cheap? Because everyone thinks they can do it themselves. Yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and they can. That's the hard part. And a lot can of them it can. Themselves. It's it like, is, and they think that they should be able. To, if they can whip something up in the kitchen, then they should be able to have you whip something up in the kitchen for what they exactly. think they would charge for it or they would pay for it. So, exactly. yeah, it's tricky. It is. It's it's hard. Um, I feel like the best thing for Utahns 
like Utah bakers, at least, is to find like the niche that they're really good at so that then you're buying the brand as opposed to just another cake right. or another baked good. That's right. Um, That's really good. That's good advice. Know, Flower and Flourish, she's amazing and she has made a brand for herself. And, you know, the cakes, I don't, I've never tasted them, so I couldn't speak to how good they taste. I'm sure they're great. Um, the cakes themselves are, are relatively simple, but her sugar flowers are amazing. And that's what people are buying. They're buying the work that goes behind the sugar flowers. And right. She's developed a brand that involves the sugar yeah, flowers. Exactly. and how stylized it is. And yeah. I would love to get to a place where I have um, a stylized brand that people could recognize. Um, I'm still sort of in that exploration period of, you know, what I like the different, since I am self-taught, the different techniques that I like, um, everything like that. Yeah. So how long have you been in business? How long have I been doing this business? Yeah. Um, officially two years on Monday. So wow. Hey. I think you're doing yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, it really, I mean, it really was kismet. The the, the meshing of my background and my skills and all of a sudden it just worked so well. But also Instagram as a marketing tool, I think it was very much luck in that I fell into it at the right time. There's always an aspect of luck and that was definitely mine. Um, I started doing those time-lapse videos uh, right when Instagram was heavily, heavily prioritizing them on the explore page. And so I didn't really have to try very hard to be seen, which is crazy, obviously, um, and exciting. And I rode that wave as long as I could. And my momentum sort of died back in the fall, which was unfortunate. Um, it coincided with me doing more wedding cakes, which I, are just not trendy, you know. Um, and it coincided with me trying to um, push sales for my online cake course, which you ride a fine line when you're trying to push sales for something because people don't care and they don't want to see you trying to push <laughs> your sales. Yeah. But it, it at the same time, like hard. it's your business and you're going to do that. So, um, so yeah, my momentum kind of um, fell off at that point and the Instagram algorithms changed and a lot of things just went from like, you know, super high momentum, getting a lot of followers, crazy amounts of views on my videos to like back down to like normal. So now it's exciting if I get, you know, a thousand likes on a picture, whereas last year it was like six or 7,000 and, you know, 400,000 views on a video, whereas now it's like 5,000 or 400,000 versus 5,000. So it's just how Instagram has changed and morphed and the algorithms have, you know, they, they switch things up on you and you have to kind of figure it out, but, and play the game, but how much do you really want to play the game? Yeah. The exactly. game is hard when they change the rules, huh? Exactly. And, and I don't want to spend my whole life on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard because because it, so. <laughs> so much of this business yeah. is Instagram and it's hard to not want to be on Instagram, but like you have to be, you have to reply to comments, you have to like other pictures, like it's hard. And so you definitely need to find that fine line. 
Oh, I know. The balance is so hard to find. It really is. Especially as a mom with kids and they see me on my phone all the time and I'm like, oh, I feel bad because this is like my business and it is legitimately on my phone. Like I don't do anything on my computer or anywhere. Like I'm taking pictures on my phone. I'm editing pictures on my phone. I'm posting things. I'm writing things. I'm emailing. Like everything's on my phone. So I feel bad because I'm constantly on it and I have to really super be aware of how much they see me on it. And then also just, I don't want to be on it that much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a tricky thing. Do you, have you got any tips or anything that you could share with our listeners about how you navigate Instagram and make it work for you? Yeah. Um, I would say get a consistent posting schedule. Like I post almost every day. I don't post on Thursdays and Saturdays. Um, Like if you get a business account on Instagram, it's free. It's just a different setting. Um, You're able to see when your followers are on, looking at your thing, looking at your feed um, or your stories or whatever. You can look at the analytics and really decide like, when is it most valuable for me to post? When should I, what time of day should I be posting that kind of thing? So figure it, you have to figure it out for your brand and like, okay, I know that if I post around 8.39, 9.30 every morning, that's when I see the most views because my my demographic that actually views my posts are mostly women who have time to look at Instagram after they've sent their kids out the door or after, you know, they've carpooled or whatever, they've gotten to work and they have a few moments and they start scrolling. So I have to like decide how much I want to push where and where it's going to be the most valuable. So I, you know, I have my consistent posting schedule. Um, Videos have changed um, and I have not changed with the video changes. (laughs) Um, It used to be time-lapse videos were huge. It's not really anymore. Now it's more process videos that are very well edited. And that takes a lot of time. And I have not gotten into that, um, which reflects on, you know, how, how much my videos get viewed. So um, people are wanting more information. So they don't just want to see the, the pretty pictures or, you know, there's so many pretty pictures. It doesn't really phase them anymore. They want to know, what are you doing? What can I learn from this? which is great. They should, there should be value added in all of your posts and all of your information you're putting out there. But at the same time as a business, you feel like you need to hold back some of your trade secrets. It's, you know, I'm selling things. I'm not just, my Instagram isn't my only business. And so it's great for the, for the companies where Instagram is their only business and more power to them, but they're the ones that are posting like and getting the most attention for right for all for you your product the what you would be videoing is the final product so you it it is a different kind of thing so exactly exactly so just kind of figuring out what the what of what you do is the worth the most and how you can put it on instagram in the best possible way so that's and then also knowing the rumor mills like staying on top of like what the algorithm rumors are like, okay, well, what's the rumor now? You know, like what, 
what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> and I've heard that if you spend 10 minutes before you post and then 10 minutes after you post being highly engaged in other people's stuff, that then out the algorithm will pick that up and will push and prioritize your post higher. Interesting. Um, which I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I've heard that if you post, like you, everyone says you have to comment on, you have to like reply to every comment. You have to like every comment. Um, but I've also heard, and this is totally a rumor, um, that if you don't post more than three words in your comment reply, that the algorithm will ignore it as just like, you know, a spam comment. And do you think so they're just wanted... sitting in their little rooms figuring know, out right? ways to just toy with all of us? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. And so you have to like decide how much you want to legitimately play the game. Yeah. Because it is such a game. That's funny. So yeah. with your business, um, yeah. you do mostly celebration cakes. So tell us what kind of tools and products you love the most when you're working. Okay. I love my CakeSafe acrylic discs. Those are everything. Like I wouldn't, I don't know. Uh, you can always do um, just the normal method where you scrape the sides and then cut off, like trim the top off, the excess off the top to get a sharp edge. But I started, I adopted the, the lid method like pretty early on and it's got into a groove where it's really easy for me. I know some people struggle with it, but really it just takes practice. And for me, it's like, I would never do it without it. It's, okay. it's the fastest, most efficient way for me to get a nice crisp edge that I don't obsess over. And, you know, because we're all perfectionists at heart <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to walk away when you see something that you're, you know, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. So yeah, that's one of the things that I love. Okay. Um, from a wedding perspective, I have a cake safe, which is from the same brand, and that is also everything. Um, I would never have gotten into weddings if I didn't have one of those. Um, they completely take all the stress of delivery out, um, and it's it's so easy. So those are great. It's just this big box that you put around your cake. Yeah, I've seen it, them. I wondered, I've wondered how those actually work, because you're right, delivery so is stressful. And, and it makes it so it's not, it's like the easiest thing. And you, you kind of are waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, is it really this easy? <laughs> <laughs> when is this going to just turn into some massive failure? Because it should be harder than this, right? Um, and it's not, it's so easy and I love it. Um, it's a little bit of an investment, but it's so worth it. Um, and for weddings, when you charge, when you're able to charge more, you recoup your costs pretty fast. Yeah. Um, what else? Hmm. I love my nice turntable. I have an Ateco turntable that I love. It's really smooth and lovely. One thing that people always ask is, um, what is my uh, photography setup and how do I do that? And I always laugh because I don't hardly do anything. <laughs> um, I have white poster board from the grocery store that I put up on like, you know, harder, more sturdier white poster board <laughs> in like, you know, a half of a cube, if you will, uh -huh. um, next, like facing my window, the only window that shines any sort of light in my house. 
Um, I have a very dark house. And so I'm able to get a little bit of natural light with a white background. And then I use presets from Jess Kettle. They're amazing and also worth every penny. They're not the most expensive, but they're around $100. They have also changed everything for me when it comes to marketing and posting pictures because our, and I use a, my iPhone, which isn't that amazing. It's just an iPhone. Um, and the editing is has made a huge difference because I want something consistent. I want my cakes to all look the same. I want it to all have a bright white background um, just so that it's recognizable yeah. as mine. And so, yeah, I just, I do white backgrounds and I edit with the presets. Um, up the exposure, get rid of some of the warm tones in my house, and that's it. That's all I do. Well, that's but awesome. Yeah, Jess Kettle's presets—they're awesome. Cause yeah, your your Instagram is very uniform, and you can when I scroll and I I see one of your cakes, it's yep, that's that's one of yours. Cause you do have a very uniform look, so I think that that is so important to achieve, especially if you. If you do want your work to be recognizable just while people are scrolling on Instagram. Oh, thank you. That makes me happy to hear because it is hard as someone that does celebration cakes and I do say yes to theme cakes sometimes, but my cakes aren't all the same. They don't all look, um, I don't necessarily have one style yet. Um, and I don't know if I ever will. I wonder if I'll get bored if I just do one thing every time. Um, wedding cakes obviously are different. You do want like a branded style with wedding cakes because that's, you know, how you draw people in and how you stand out. But with celebration cakes, I have a lot of fun trying different things every time. So it is hard to make my feed look super uniform. Well, you've done so a good job. It does make me happy to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time we do feel like we do need to just consistently post the one thing that we do want I don't know, our niche to be, but, but I feel like what you've done is just having that clean white background, using the same preset, just making, making as much as you can uniform. And I feel like you can still have a good variety of mm -hmm. cakes. So yeah, you've done a good job. Yeah. Well, thank you. So thank you. I want to deviate for just a second because I want you to tell our listeners about your art because you when we were talking to you about doing this podcast you sent us a picture of a piece of art that you were commissioned to do and I know it has nothing to do with cakes but I think it does have to do with the creative process which we yeah. all go through so can you just give us a little rundown of that project tell our listeners what it was how long it took and what you did because it was pretty amazing <laughs> thank you it really was it was really exciting um, my dad, actually, he is the one who got me into it, um, mostly because he didn't have time to do it. So he said, hey, do you want to take this on? He had had um, a wall in our basement uh, in up in Huntsville, Utah. He had done a mural on the wall. He had said, I think it'd be really cool to do a picture that was a mosaic using golf tees. And those are really tiny. <laughs> Golf tees are really small. So I helped him out with that one a little bit. Um, and then he got commissioned to do a second piece for a really wealthy car 
um, he armors cars and he wanted an Enzo Ferrari like memorialized on the wall <laughs> in golf tees and <laughs> my dad was like hey do you want to do this and I was like heck yeah I want to do this it sounds awesome so we had the software made and basically you take a picture you can do any picture you want and it will pixelate the picture in the grid that you need it to be in um, and then what I had to do is then decide all the colors, which is actually really fun. And it really does translate to baking or at least decorating because I had to go through the picture and decide what does this color like look like? What is it going and how can I get it best represented in a paint? Read buttercream, right? Mm -hmm. So like how can I take this color and translate it into a paint? Because there's not, not actually a way to do that right now. You can get an RGB code, a hex code. Uh, you can get whatever code you can on, on the internet, like just by looking at the picture and, you know, going in Photoshop or whatever. But you can't actually say, okay, I have this, I have this RGB code. How am I going to put that into a paint? No one does that. So I had to do it myself, which was pretty intense. So there was 36 colors, something like that, 40 colors, um, 700,000 T's. Did you just say 700,000? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. It wow, might have been less. It might <laughs> that's have been crazy. Two or 300,000. Wow. I can't remember. A long time ago. It was like, it was like seven years ago. Um, my, I had two kids at the time. My one, my youngest daughter was less than one years old. And we built a 10 by eight foot mural of the Enzo Ferrari in my garage. And I did it from start to finish. Just pin, I would put, we had the, the wood or uh, the wood that we used, we had it drilled with holes. And then I placed all the colored tees, like looking at a spreadsheet. Okay, now where does this one go? And put it all in. And basically, it's one of those things where you look up close and it's all colors, but then you stand back and it reveals the picture and it's just amazing. That's so cool. And the crazy part was, is we'd never done it this way before. My dad's was hand painted. So um, it was, a, it was different, a different process. This one, I was putting the colors in and hammering them in as I went. And it took about, it was five months from start to finish. It took about three months to hammer all the tees and then assemble at the end. Um, but we did pa three panels, so we didn't really know it was going to work out until the very end and putting those panels together and seeing the picture come together. It was like the most exciting moment ever. I bet that was so um, rewarding. <laughs> it, it, it was, it's unbelievable. We'll have, you'll have to like link a picture to the, to the car. Yeah. I would love for our listeners to be able to see that. So we'll have to. We'll have to include yeah. that when we when we have this episode because that I just thought I thought that was so cool and I think it does translate even though it's a different medium I think it does translate the whole creative process and what we have to figure out and and yeah. every time we design a cake and and figure out colors and mix colors and it yep. it really is a an artistic and creative process and so I thought that was cool. You have to be able to see the end picture in your mind before you even start so it's like and then you have to decide how the heck you're going to get there yeah like how are you going to accomplish this end picture 
so yeah, it, it really is the same artistic process. It was it was incredibly rewarding. It was the first time I ever considered myself an artist, which was really fun. That's to awesome. To, like put that label on. Very cool. Okay, so Marielle, I have to ask: Have you ever had any cake mishaps where I don't know you drop the cake, something terrible happens? Any any good stories with that? <laughs> um, I have one. I made a cake for my dad's birthday. It was awesome. Like, looked so nice. Just a single tear, like nothing terribly special, but still, it was a big cake. And I was, we were driving it just two blocks away to my parents' um, apartment, and we were driving it. I didn't. I had it on the cake stand, but I hadn't taped it down to the cake stand. So. It's, you know, the cakes, for, for those that don't know, the, the cakes are on a cardboard board under, you know, the actual layers of cake are put on a cardboard, like disc. And then that's what you put, you tape down to whatever surface you're going to be putting it on, whether you're sliding it onto a cake stand or putting it onto a bigger board, anything like that. So you're usually adhering it somehow to whatever you're putting it on I did not because I figured oh we're going two blocks over to my parents house this isn't like an order what why would I adhere it to the cake stand (laughs) and it slid we stopped at a stop sign and it slid off my lap like off the cake stand right down to my feet oh (laughs) and I swore so loud (laughs) and my kids are dumbfounded in the back seat like what just happened and they're all freaked out because they don't understand what just happened and me swearing and mom just swore (laughs) like unbelievably loudly like it was bad and I was you know mortified for so many reasons but we were able to salvage the cake (laughs) oh my gosh it was it was it was really fun (laughs) I'm glad it was for your dad because hopefully dad is understanding right yes exactly dad was completely understanding and it was totally fine (laughs) but I was mortified yes and my kids still bring it up they They hold it against you remember that time mom you dropped the f-bomb really loud in the car Oh, yeah. it was that. It was, I went there. Oh yeah, dear! Was, oh, so yeah. funny. Oh, it probably had an impact because that's probably the only time they'll ever hear you say that. Right? Exactly. It was like I don't know about you, but I remember all the times my mom ever swore because it really—it was few and far between, and it seared itself into my brain. So yeah, I definitely brain scarred my kids. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything exciting that you have in your future besides a potential move to California? Um, more cakes class or more macaroon classes, which are fun. Um, my two-year cake anniversary is next week, which I'm excited about. Nice. Uh, that's you know that's I'm, like I said, the long-term future I'm keeping loose and free right now, just because a move might entail different things. Um, if I do move, I am excited because wherever I go, it will be less saturated than Utah. <laughs> so there will be lots of fun opportunities, I'm sure. That's probably Definitely. very true. Yeah. Well, good. And so the last question we want to ask is just how has caking improved your life? 
Oh, it has given me the ability to create repeatedly. And so I, I have been able to have joy in my journey every week. I love the process of creation and I love, I'm, I'm the kind of person that really enjoys the process of whatever project I'm working on. Like if my project ends, then I'm sad because I don't have that everyday process anymore. So for this, it's just one thing after another and it's so fun. It is my flow state. And so I, I have been able to achieve that, which is so fun. And, and it really opens up so many doors as someone who has had a lot of children, you know, been married for a long time, you want to still have an identity and you want to still have something that's just yours. And this is mine. That's cool. That's, uh, it's amazing how many ways this doing in cakes and this creative process and, and this business, um, Mm -hmm. impact people's lives and for so many reasons and in so many ways. So thank you for sharing your story with us and for, um, for your talent, everybody needs to go and follow MMM desserts because she's um, on Instagram because she's, she's very talented and you'll, you'll see some, some beautiful work. So well, thank you so much. Thanks, Marielle. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you, Marielle. That was so great to have her on and to talk to her. And you've got to check out her stuff and also look at our Instagram because we're going to be showing you a picture of her golf tees. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Honestly, that was such a cool thing. And even though it wasn't to do with cakes, I just think sometimes it's so cool to see that kind of creativity and pretty amazing undertaking that that was. For sure. I love how open she was with Instagram. Because Instagram is a tricky thing. And I love that she talked about how she was able to be there in the perfect timing to get lots of followers and to have and, those videos. And, and she all even that. called it kind of luck that yeah. she was there at the right time doing the right thing. And honestly, with Instagram, holy cow, it's such a beast. And it honestly is like, I don't know, a moody teenager or something that just keeps changing, changing their mind about Needy, everything. Moody, <laughs> and starts rumors. <laughs> mean girls. They're, it's so hard to know what to do with Instagram. And it seems like as soon as you learn something, they switch things up and you have to relearn it. And, you know, Savannah studied social media marketing in college. And it's I mean, since she got her certificate, it was it, there's been so many changes yeah. just in that amount of time. I studied that figuring it would be great for owning a business one day, and now I do. But honestly, you guys, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I despise Instagram. <laughs> I truly do. I I hate posting. I hate scrolling. My personal account, you'll see that like I rarely post because all of my energy is on the Let's Talk Cake and or Instagram and the Dessert Studio Instagram, and I'm. I'm wiped out. She's Instagrammed <laughs> out by the time she's through with those two. It's funny because I like in our mom daughter duo, I am the one that posts on Instagram, but I hate 
hashtags. I hate them. <laughs> I hate typing them out. I hate, I mean, I know they're needed. They are so needed. So everyone do hashtags, but I hate them. And so that's, that's where mom comes in. <laughs> so if you ever see <clears throat> that our hashtags come, I don't know, an hour or two after <laughs> our post, that's because Savannah has posted. And then I realize she's posted and I realize I need to get those hashtags up because that's my job. Yep. So no business is perfect. We have our <laughs> our flaws, my my hatred towards Instagram, but <laughs> we make it work. But it is kind of a necessary evil as far as as far as our marketing and everything goes. So For sure. I I do like also how Marielle talked about her photographs and the steps she took. She she got some presets so that she would be able to quickly get everything looking uniform and nice. But one more thing that I loved uh, just talking with Mariel was she talked about how it is important to have a brand and to be known by that brand. But also it's completely okay to still be in the process and the exploration of finding that brand for yourself. I think it takes time and I think maybe these cake artists with that brand that, that is so universally known maybe they had several years discovering that brand and it's okay to take this time to discover that or rediscover your brand or figure out what you love to do and and even if you don't have a consistent look in your cakes that you post if you love taking on various orders and it's not the exact same every time I think that's completely okay too well that was great what she said too about how her cakes are very different because she does mostly celebration cakes but she has managed to make the things around the cake be very uniform so even though there's variety in the cake you can still tell it's hers because of everything around it and the way she has displayed it and the way she presents it so our challenge this week she talked about getting presets and how that was a game changer for her. And so our challenge this week for you is to, and for us too, is to look at your Instagram and figure out ways that you could maybe improve the look of your Instagram, the aesthetic of it, or your photographs. Maybe take a tutorial to figure out how to, to do a better job in your pictures. Maybe experiment with some different lighting or even invest in some presets so that you can start creating that uniform look. Whatever it is, we would love to hear what you end up doing because whatever it is, anything that we do to improve the look of our pictures and our Instagram will, will help our business. For sure. We have loved hearing from all of our followers and listeners as they do complete the week's challenges and tell us about it. It's been so fun. And seriously, direct message on Instagram has been awesome just to hear from you guys as well as our email. If you guys have questions or a story or something awesome that you want to share with us that we can even share on our podcast episodes, let us know through our email. Our email is letstalkcakepodcast at gmail.com. And we have loved hearing from you guys and we've loved receiving different questions that we will continue to answer weekly. Yeah, and so, so keep them coming. For sure. But thank you so much to all of you, all of our followers and listeners for everything you do and for supporting us. Yeah, it's so much fun to have each of you join us each week. It's a privilege to be able to share some of these experiences and get to know cake makers together. So thanks for joining us. Thanks to Corey, our producer. And we hope that you'll like and subscribe and share with all of your friends. Thanks for joining us, guys, on Let's Talk Cake. And we'll talk to you next week. Hey, everyone. This is producer Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also, subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post, and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.